Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for The Word of God is active, it's alive, it's able to go in and do whatever. Now, here's the problem. When we're wrong, when we sin, often we're really good at rationalization. We make all these wonderful excuses, but what really happens is something very dangerous. And I want you to turn back to the book of Proverbs. You know where that is, Proverbs 28. What is a danger? A danger is not listening and obeying the Word of God. Every time we hear the Word of God, we have an option. If we obey what we hear, it softens our hearts. Scripture says, Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me, know my thoughts. See if there's any wickedness in me, and then lead me in your way that's everlasting. Today, Pastor Mark gave us three keys to guarding our hearts. First of all, we must remember the battle for our control center is lifelong. Second, we must keep a soft heart. And finally, strive for a fully committed heart. God's Word says the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those hearts that are fully committed to Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse 6, with our continuing study entitled, Where Life Makes Up Its Mind. At best, as a Christian, it'll be an undivided heart. At worst, it'll be a hardened heart. So there's real danger. And that's why Solomon says this is a command. And it's a personal responsibility. And I can't guard yours, and you can't guard mine. Let me give you three ways to guard our hearts tonight. Three ways. Number one, realize that the battle for our control center, which is our heart, is life long. Turn back to the book of Mark. You were there before, chapter 7. We cannot allow ourselves to be deceived. It's easy to kick back and do the external things right. But doing the external things can really be a deceitful area of our life. Jesus knew it, and he spoke about it. Mark chapter 7, verse 6. Look at what Jesus said. He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In fact, verse 7 says, they worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Our religious world tonight 
is filled with people who will attend church this weekend, but they're just going through a ritual. Outwardly, everything looks fine, but God is not at the control center of their life. They've been deceived in thinking that just doing this religious kind of deal will please God, will take care of their sin problem. It won't. There is a danger here for you and for myself, exactly the same. That we can begin to be deceived and think that just because we're here, regular worship, whatever, that everything's cool in our heart. It's turned over to God. It may not be. You see, so we always have to guard our heart. There isn't a time in your life, even as a Christian, that Satan doesn't want to come in and divide your heart. He's always looking to take back control. He'll look for any area. He'll start in a small area. And as he does, he doesn't stop. You know it. And that's why the Bible says we need to be careful of the small things. Little bitty compromise begins to turn that heart that once was full on for God. All of a sudden it's cold and calloused. And we look back and we go, how did I get from there to here? It's because we did not guard our own hearts. And then we're deceived and we go, this can't be. I've been in church. I've been in. But our heart has become cold. A heart that is controlled by God is one that is in obedience to the Word of God. It's an obedience toward the Word of God. Turn to Psalm 139. The second key to guarding our hearts is not only to realize that the battle is lifelong, it'll never end. Satan's always after my heart. Because see, if, if he gets a part of my heart, then I don't do life right in that area. I can't think right. I, I don't act right. Things coming out of my mouth won't be right. My thoughts won't be right. There'll be an area of my life, a divided heart, that will cause great trouble. In Psalm 139, we see the key to our second principle, keep a soft heart. You and I have to keep a soft heart. Look at Psalm 139. David says it like this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Well, why, why does David want him to do this? Verse 24. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. See, our old sin nature remains. We need to allow God access to judge our hearts. Often we're blinded. We're blinded to our own sins. Our hearts may be divided by anger, unforgiveness, trouble, fear, whatever. And David says, God... I don't even know my own heart. Jeremiah said that. I can't even fathom what's it. God, you take your spotlight during this devotion time and, and you look at it. You see, if, if you're going to have a real heart test, what happens in the hospital, and I'm a first-hand example of this because of all my background plus my open-heart surgery, you can do an EKG and you can do an echo and you can do a stress test and you can do a thallium test. 
But to really see what's in your heart, they're going to do a heart catheterization. They're going to stick a little vibe right up your leg and right into your heart with dye. And they're going to show it on the screen and it's going to show the blockages. See, from the outside, you can't see it. So David says, I don't know if something's wrong. Now, often we know if something's wrong, don't we? Uh, we definitely know. So you don't have to say, God, search my heart. I don't know what's wrong. You go, I know what's wrong. You've already talked to me about it. You have to make it right. But David says, there's sometimes I'm deceived. I might just be worshiping in vain. Maybe as you worship tonight, not once did you think about God. Well, what was the worship? Is in vain. That's a hard thing for all of us. Do you know a band member could play the whole set and not once think about God? Just like you could. So David says, shine your light. Show me what my heart looks like. Then I'll be able to correct it and do what's right. Now, turn back to the book of Hebrews, almost to the end of the Bible, chapter 4. How does God search our hearts? By the way, he's doing it right now. He's been doing it for the last 45 minutes. Even really before that, because often worship deals with our heart and keeps us soft. God uses his word to search our heart. Look at Hebrews 4.12. You see, sometimes when we think of the Bible, especially if you don't have any really religious background, you just think of the Bible as words on paper. It isn't just words on paper. That's why Satan always attacks churches and people that teach the word of God. Why? Because of this verse. Look at 4.12. For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You know, sometimes I don't even know why I do things. God's word goes right there. What you see in this verse, by the way, look at verse 13 before we finish. Nothing in creation is hidden from God's eyes. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes to whom we must give an account. Why did it throw that in? Because of this. God's word is just like a surgeon's scalpel. As I've been talking tonight, and we'll have a little quiz right at the end, what kind of heart you have. God's been separating some things out. Some of you here tonight, and you say, well, the reason I have this problem with anger, whatever, is because I have this dysfunctional home. That was cut out. Some of you here tonight say, well, I can be right with God just by doing these formal things. That was cut out. You see, it goes right to all of us. It, it, it takes away our excuses. And you say, well, I don't know that I want that. Well, sure you want that. Because we can't even judge our own self. So the Word of God is active, it's alive, it's able to go in and do whatever. Now, here's the problem. When we're wrong, when we sin, often we're really good at rationalization. We make all these wonderful excuses. But what really happens is something very dangerous. And I want you to turn back to the book of Proverbs. You know where that is, Proverbs 28. What is a danger? A danger is not listening and obeying the word of God. In Proverbs 28, verse 13 and 14, it shows us 
how we can have a divided and insensitive and calloused and even a hardened heart. Look at verse 13. He who conceals his sins. In other words, hiding your sins, denying that you have a problem. No way, God. I know he said it. I know your word says it, but I don't have that problem. He who does this will not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Look at verse 14. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. Hearts get hard by repeatedly saying no to God. It's for a Christian and an unbeliever. You see, every time we hear the word of God, you've heard it, I've heard it during this evening. Listen, every time we hear the word of God, we have an option. If you obey what you hear, it softens your heart. If you obey what you hear, it softens your heart. If you disobey, if you make an excuse, if you try to rationalize, it hardens your heart. The word, when obeyed, results in a soft heart, one that wants to submit to God. Now, I want to read you a verse. You don't need to turn there. 1 Thessalonians, you can just write it down if you're taking notes, 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says this. Paul speaking, and we thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it is actually the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. I want to just say thanks tonight. Paul says, when we presented the word of God, you you didn't receive it from us as like, oh, nice word, but you received the word as the word of God, which is able to change your lives. It's the word of God, which is living and active. And it's changing people's lives. You're getting it. You're doing good. Here's what I want you I know this sounds very strange, but I want to congratulate you tonight. Because when you hear the word of God, you're changing. You're obeying. You're following through. The word of God is active and alive. Say it with me. The word of God is active and alive. And it's changing my life. Say it. And it's changing my life. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's what the Bible promises. And because of that, we keep a soft heart. Now, we also need to hide God's word in our heart. Let me just read it to you. Just Psalm 119. You know it. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Let me read it to you. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to the word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, when you hide God's word in your heart, when you memorize it, when you have your devotions, when you get in a small group, when, when you get plugged in, and you get one of these areas, the Word of God's going through you, God's taking His knife out, and He's working through, and He's keeping those hard places soft. The enemy can't get in, and you're having joy, and you're having peace, and you're having uh, a wiseness in your life, and, and just things are going good. The third thing you want to do tonight, not only do we have to realize that Satan is always after our heart, But second, do we need to keep a soft heart? But the third thing you have to do tonight is this. Strive for a fully committed heart. 
Now, God has given us the power to live that life. Look at 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. Look what it says. For the eyes of the Lord, this is God, range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are what? Fully committed to Calvary Chapel. Is that what it says? Fully committed to who? To him. It's a personal, that's right. It's a personal relationship. It's not about church. So God is looking for hearts that are fully committed. You know when he finds a heart that's fully committed, he strengthens it. But here's our problem. In the Christian church, we have a lot of wimpy Christians. We have a lot of carnal Christians. We have a lot of Christians that are in name only. They, they don't really desire to have a fully committed heart to God. They're afraid of that walk. I want to ask you tonight. I'm just going to name four for Christians. You listen. What is the condition of your heart tonight? You write one of these four down. Is it soft and fully committed? Or the next step that's a little more dangerous, is it divided? Is your heart divided tonight as a Christian? You, you have to judge your own heart. I can't judge it. Are you trying? Are you trying to have one foot in the world and, and, and serve Christ? Can't do it. Is it divided? Is there a little area that you will not give to God? Third, is it calloused and insensitive? In other words, have you been saying no to God in this area and it's just like when you do a little work with a trial or whatever, and you haven't worked for a while, man, pretty soon you get this callous. When God speaks to you about that area, it used to bother you. Some of you have habits in your life, physical habits, you should get rid of. You know you should get rid of them. You've tried, but you tried in your own strength. Quit trying in your own strength. Some of you have a, you're a Christian, but your language is terrible. And you blame it on your upbringing. No, it's you. It's your heart. Some of you have health habits. Some of you smoke. You shouldn't be smoking. God wants to give you a good heart. Some of you have a problem with drink. Some of you have a problem with anger as a Christian. Why? God's dealing with you and you won't let it go. Maybe you have a lust problem tonight. When I mentioned the internet before, you said, well, you, what? I didn't have the problem before the internet. Oh, yes, you did. See, if you allow it to be calloused and you don't allow God to work through it, it's going to be a danger part in your life. Here's the last part. Christian, you can get a hardened heart and become backslidden. We have a lot of Christians that live like that. They're backslidden in the world. So I want to challenge you tonight. Christian, wherever you're at, if your heart's fully committed, keep going for it, man. Keep going for it. Give yourself a high five. Keep going for it. Keep it soft. Keep it open. Quit playing games. For those of you that have a divided or callous or insensitive heart, time is short. We need to be radical serving God. Go for it. God wants to change the world through you. If you're backslidden tonight, say, God, I open my heart. I'm through with these excuses. I'm coming back to you. I'm tired of making excuses. You know what he'll do? He'll cut that old heart area out, put a new soft area in. And joy and peace comes. I can't do that. You can sit there and still keep it, 
and you'll be miserable. Now, there's one more part I want to talk about. This is to the unbeliever. Some of you are not regenerated. The Bible says this. Listen, Hebrews chapter 3. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. If you're not a Christian, you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart. Let me just reemphasize what I said earlier. Listen to me. You cannot do life right. It's impossible. You will not have a life that God's designed. You will not end up where you want to end up. And you will just be miserable all your life. So how do you get a heart? You have to have it regenerated. Now, Revelation chapter 3 says this. Listen, if you're not a Christian, guess where God is. Do you know where he is? Revelation 3 says he's at the door of your heart. And what's he doing? Look at it. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. You say, well, why doesn't, he's God, why doesn't he just come on in? By the way, could he? Oh, he could come in. Will he? No. Unless you do one thing, ask him in. See, God will never overrule your free will. And I know there's many of you, along with backslidden Christians, that have never accepted the Lord. You need to ask him to come in. Now let me show you a danger point before we finish. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that man has a danger because God will not always strive with sinful men. Follow me. In your lifetime, follow me. God comes to you, gives you the word. He says your heart needs to be regenerated. You've heard the gospel. You know you have to repent. You know you have to ask him in. You reject it. Remember I told you, if you reject the truth, your heart gets what? It's harder. Well, as you continue that through your life, every time you reject that truth, every time you reject a chance to get your heart regenerated, your heart gets harder. Now, here's a danger point. Watch me. There comes a line. It's very serious. The Bible says there comes a point where God will never deal with you again. We find that in Pharaoh, where God said, okay, you want a hard heart? You want to live apart from me? So be it. Very, I don't know where that part is. You don't ever want to get to that line. Because when you stepped across that line, you're destined for hell forever. Now you say, well, that's, not, that's God's problem. No, not, that's your problem. Because you, all those times, rejected it. Now that's not to scare you tonight. You never want to come to God because of fear. You want to come to God because of love. Another timely and timeless message from Pastor Mark. Wow. Today we were given a lot of food for thought, so please remember, the course of your life will be determined by who's in command of your control center. This choice will determine who you will live for, who you serve, and who you love. Will it be the God of heaven, our creator and redeemer, or the God of this world, the destroyer of our souls? Christ is standing at the door knocking. He wants to come in. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now please, be sure and join us for our next message that addresses the power of our words. It kind of speaks for itself, but you won't want to miss out on what Pastor Mark has to share on this subject. Words are powerful. They can build up or tear down, encourage or discourage, give life or bring death. It'll be interesting to hear Pastor Mark's insight on what the Bible has to say about what we have to say. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your